Good morning, church. It is Sunday morning. Welcome to our services. And if you're watching this with someone else in the room, I hope you like them because you might be hanging out with them for a while. Uh, we have all thought about those that might not have anyone with them right now, might be living alone. And I actually bumped into someone in the grocery store this week that uh, lives out by herself. And uh, we, we met each other in uh, an aisle that actually had food on both sides. And uh, so we were talking and catching up and I asked her how she was doing. And she said that while she is lonely at times, uh, many people, in fact, I think she named off seven people from our church, have already reached out to her with phone calls. One person even dropped off uh, a bag of cookies in her mailbox for her. And she was feeling blessed through this whole thing and felt connected. And so that was a real blessing to hear. Um, I also reached out to some of our medical uh, fire ambulance professionals this week and uh, just getting good feedback from them. Uh, they're facing uh, a lot of challenges. And I talked with one young adult that we have in our congregation that works at UPMC Pinnacle and Lidditz in the ER. And she just mentioned that the hardest part for her is she's been away from her family for two weeks now, and it's gonna stay that way for a while. And she would imagine probably waiting about a month before really seeing them again. Uh, and so that is a big challenge that she's facing with her job, just totally being disconnected from her family. So lots of people facing a lot of challenges right now. Uh, we want to stay connected as a congregation. We want to continue to meet together, even though it's over the miles and digitally. Uh, so I, I leave us with this one thought from John 15, that Jesus said that great, great love looks like this. It's when we lay down our life for one another. This morning, uh, Bryce is going to wrap us up this morning with the, the, our service. Uh, Corby's actually going to do the interview uh, with a, a health professional from our congregation. Worship looks a little different this week. And to get us started, I've asked Kelly Funk to do the call to worship this morning. She uh, just shared a little story during our digital uh, Zoom meeting with staff this week. And, and um, she's going to be here to just uh, relay that story to you. Hello, church. I sure miss seeing you, but I am thankful for our digital world where I can share a little bit of something God reminded me of this week. This beautiful vase of flowers I have was put together earlier this week by my daughters. Um, our family went on a little flower hunt and it was kind of um, impromptu. I didn't really know that's what we were going to do, but it's what we ended up doing when we found this cute little stream on a path we had never explored before. And while our schedules are so crazy right now, some people have nothing to do and others have a lot to do, especially if they are working in the medical profession, we have these days that are just so different than what we're used to. Um, but when you look outside, you see that God and his creation are still doing the same things they've always done. Um, it's still springtime. The seasons are changing as they are meant to and his creation is revealing his majesty. And I take a lot of hope in that. Just looking outside and noticing the flowers are still blooming, the trees are budding, the birds are singing, hope is alive. We have a lot to be thankful for and we have a great majestic God to worship together. A psalm that brings this to life for me is Psalm 19 
The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Let's praise our Heavenly Father together.
Hey, good morning, church. It's great to uh, be here with you via video, I guess, is what we're calling this, right, Mike? Yeah, I think so. I guess this is not in person. but So I'm here with uh, Mike Leitzel, uh, running buddy, neighbor, fellow, uh, fellow youth leader, uh, all, you name it, he's here. So uh, we're just talking this morning a little bit about uh, being a healthcare worker and and Mike is, works in the healthcare system, and, and so we wanted to spend some time uh, just focusing on uh, what uh, nurses and doctors and just some of the stuff they are dealing with uh, during this crisis and, uh, of coronavirus. So, uh, so Mike's here with me, and, and I appreciate kind of his perspective and, and what he brings to uh, our church and uh, to the people he ministers to at the hospital. So... Uh, Mike, do you want to just share a little bit about maybe what you do and kind of your role in, uh, in, in the nurse, as a nurses? Yeah. Um, so for the last four to five years, um, I've actually had the privilege of being a, a nurse in the intensive care unit at the Good Samaritan Hospital in Lebanon. Um, so I kind of got my start in healthcare a, a while ago. You know, I had a, a corporate job and just felt like my, my servant heart just wasn't being fulfilled. And through, through God's grace and his time, I mean, he kind of allowed me to go back to school and um, really use my talents and my servant attitude to um, help those in need in, in a community setting. So um, it's been a privilege and, and a great opportunity um, for me um, to use my gifts in that field. So, I mean, Mike really does care about the patients that come to uh, Lebanon Good Sam because uh, that's where my family went to get our, our corona test uh, two weeks ago and and Mike was on duty at that time and he was watching out the out the window making sure we were uh being taken care of really well there he was concerned about us and and so he was uh he does care about the people that come into the hospital so I can I can speak to that so thanks Mike for looking out you're welcome yeah no problem so uh so uh we imagine we know that this is a difficult time for you uh and so can you just speak to a little bit about uh, what your experience has been and kind of some how, how it's kind of been going in, in, in your end? Yeah, um, I mean, we see it all over the media, this, this epidemic, this pandemic that's, that's evolving, and it's the same in the healthcare field. I mean, every day I go in, there's, there's new research, there's um, new protocols, new procedures that we need to follow. Um, we're told one thing, and they, they always preface, you know, in 20 minutes, this may change. Um, we're required, if there is a possible corona case or somebody confirmed, we're required to put on protective equipment a certain way and we're required to take it off a certain way so we don't contaminate both um, ourselves or fellow colleagues or patients. So 
I would say now more than ever, there's a, a heightened awareness and stress level amongst the unit um, that also plays a background factor into how we care for people. Um, but at the same time, you know, I look around and I see these patients and we have, we have a policy, what most healthcare facilities do now, that they're no longer allowed to have visitors and to visit them. Um, they may be there for two or three days, they may be there for a week or two. Um, and during that time, they have not seen family, they've only been able to talk to them over the phone. Um, so we basically have um, a deserted facility um, other than doctors and nurses. So. I'm constantly reminded that, you know, while I'm stepping into this, this realm of caring for these people, they're also in this uncomfortable place, this unknown environment where their support system is all of a sudden taken from them. Um, so I, I think that's a, a good reminder every time I go in that, you know, there's chaos around us, but there's still people um, that are requiring needs and, and desires at this point during this time. So. I was talking to uh, another nurse this afternoon on the, on the phone and, and she was sharing some similar things about, you know, just, you know, just the need for equipment and, and the yeah. uncertainty of are we going to have enough supplies to even like protect ourselves with this and right. the constantly changing, you know, requirements and, and expectations of what you need to wear and what you do. So I, I can imagine it adds a lot of stress. Yeah. Too. And then that's the thing, too. I mean, we we don't know what this looks like. I mean, we're preparing for the worst. I mean, we can only go off of what we've seen in, in other countries and either neighboring states. Um, so I know I can speak for our hospital. We're, we're preparing for the worst. What does it look like when we have a complete unit filled with people that are infected with this virus? What does that look like when we're deciding between care between one person and another person? And how do we decide that and how do we use um, knowledge to to make that make that decision um, so we, we hope and pray that it doesn't get to that point but um, the best we can do is prepare and, and um, just be ready to, to fight the fight when it comes Good. Well, thank you for what you're doing so as you think about uh, us as a family as a, as a church what do you how do you envision how do you see uh, man on BSC and your church family kind of come alongside of you and other healthcare providers during this time? Yeah, I mean, I think prayer is always welcome. I think there, there's power in prayer. Um, so just knowing that we have a community and a family that is praying for us, um, we, we appreciate that. Um, one thing that my family has been, and been praying over lately, and I was going to get my phone out here quick so I can read this, is is Psalm 91, and I think if, if you're looking for things and specific things to pray for during this time, not only for us as healthcare workers, but maybe just in general as this, as this chaos evolves, um, I'm just going to read the first four verses here, and we actually have some of this in our house. Uh, Lauren wrote it up on a nice little board as our anthem, but it says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. 
And I think, you know, that's what we look for. I mean, we look for that, that safety net of, that Christ gives us. Um, and that's really, we just have to trust in his ways and, and know that he's delivered his people before and, and there's truth to that. Um, and to know how he's working now and how he's worked in the past and how he will work for us uh, in the future. So I think for the healthcare workers and even their families, if you, it's just that prayer of peace um, and just a, a calmness amongst us because there's, there's a lot of unknowns that we just don't know what the, what the future holds. Yeah. And, and you're going into a working environment where not everyone believes yeah. that God is the ultimate healer and in control. So. Uh, to, to bring that peace and that comfort to even co-workers who are maybe really searching for something bigger and, and looking for hope somewhere yeah. uh, is important. So thank you for sharing that. So uh, final question and thought is, as you think about uh, being a follower of Jesus uh, in, uh, in a hospital, how do, you, how do you personally or how do you see hope being brought into uh, some very desperate and dark times in, in a hospital? Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, we have these patients that that their only source of interaction at this point is doctors and nurses, and they're thrown into this environment where um, they don't really know what's going on or what's happening necessarily. So um, I think for me is, um, you know, I've been reading or listening to um, this one sermon, and it was talking about Esther, and how uh, Xerxes had declared and through Haman to, to kill all the Jews and, and Mordecai found out about this and went to Esther and said, you know, you were born for this time, a certain time is this. And I think back and, and look, you know, this is kind of God's calling to me right now, like you were born for this moment. Um, what does that look like? I don't necessarily know, um, but holding to that truth and as I walk into that hospital, just knowing that Mike, you were born for this purpose, uh, to serve these people during this time. Um, and what does that look like? I mean, it can look like a, a bunch of different things. I was actually talking to uh, Andy Eldeen the other week, a fellow uh, intensive care nurse at another facility, and he sings hymns with his patients. Um, he, he said, you know, sometimes I just, I'll go in the room and I just start singing, not knowing if they're a believer or not, but he just sings and sometimes they sing along and sometimes they don't. So um, I would love to be able to do that. I'm not, he's got a little bit better voice than <laughs> I do, I think. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for me, it's more so, you know, I like to just sit with my patients when I first get there. Kind of, if they're in the bed or in the chair, just, just sit next to them um, and just have a five to 10 minute real conversation. Um, there's some kind of power in just sitting and being in companionship with somebody. Um, so I've really taken that as part of, of my calling is how can, I, how can I take time out of my day where I have other things to be doing at work and just sit and talk? Because sometimes that's better therapy than actually other things that we're doing, that mental therapy that we can give them. Um, so I, I, think, I think that's, for me, the big way that I can see myself um, bringing hope to this situation. And um, like I said that the other day, too, I was reminded on, on Monday, Lauren came home from 
being out and about and, and she said, oh, quick, quick, look, look outside, look outside. And so I look outside and there's this, this beautiful rainbow. It had been raining all day and all of a sudden there's this rainbow and it's just that, that reminder of hope and love that God has for us, um, that he is there through these times and that was just this reminder, I think, at the time that, hey, I got you. Um, so I think those are, those are awesome things to just kind of keep replaying in your mind. And, and hopefully you can find those things too where, you know, you have these different things that you can replay in your mind and find that hope that, that God, that only God can give us. So. That's good. Good. Thanks. Thanks for the, the word. And, and a good, good reminder and encouragement to us. And, and we're not all uh, nurses and healthcare workers, but that call to uh, being help in whatever situation or wherever we're working so uh, that same call like Mike feels like he is born for this time uh, to bring hope to uh, the, the sick and the hospital uh, depending on what you're doing in your job or, or wherever you're at right now uh, are you answering that call are you willing to bring hope to the darkness and seek out and identify those moments uh, where we can recognize hey God is active he is working through this. Uh, we may not see all the answers or understand it all fully right now, uh, but how are we bringing hope uh, into our uh, places of influence uh, during this time? Thanks, Mike. I appreciate yeah, welcome. your willingness, and we're going to go out and run again soon, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm ready to go. Let's right, go now. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Good morning, church. Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. Here's my dad. Oh, thanks, Miles. Can I have a snack now? Yes, you may have your snack now. Morning, church. Uh, what great information. Thanks, Corby. Uh, that last uh, segment there, that was really good. And like Corby said, um, look around you at the places and the people you can influence and do whatever you can to make a difference. Um, that was really, really good. And so this morning, just wanted to say welcome. Welcome to our living room. This is our family. Um, you haven't got to meet us yet in person because we haven't really been together since we started. But over here, Christina, Miles, Ezra's in the boat this morning. Uh, you, you're Oliver. And uh, over here, Judah and Mickey Mouse. No, that is, is that, that's Gideon. And over there, Levi is doing some Garfield. So we're just going to do church with you this morning. And hopefully you have your living room all set up. Um, probably not with a boat. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so welcome to my boat. This is my boat. Uh, I feel like we're all in this boat together uh, in this season. We're all in the same boat, meaning uh, we're kind of stuck. And literally, the announcement was made just the other day. So we are to stay at home. So that's, we're on the same boat here. We're at home and we're figuring it out. So I wanted to read Psalm 27 this morning to uh, start us off and as we talk this morning about what it looks like to wait on him during this season. A lot of waiting going on. So I'm going to read it and if you have your Bibles, you want to grab your Bibles, anybody else going to grab their Bible? Is it just, just, just me this morning? Okay. Psalm 27, you guys listen up. Psalm 27 five, verse 5, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent, he will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. I believe, verse 13, 
that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I wonder how many of us this week feel like this. We're on a boat looking for what is ahead in hopes that there is a land in sight. Um, as Dustin had mentioned earlier, I believe we are, I think, two weeks away from Easter. And it made me reflect a little this week on the journey that Jesus took to the cross and the waiting that he was a part of. And the difference between his waiting and my, my waiting is that I think he had an assurance of who his father was fully and of the plan that his father, Heavenly Father, had um, him walking out. And that assurance he had uh, meant that he was in the moment with those he loved, in the moment. And that's part of the waiting thing that we're going to talk about today, what it looks like to be like Jesus in the waiting. I wanted to share this message today really for that, for the reminder that there is an end in sight, a light at the end of this time, a hope is rising. So needless to say, without uh, rain, which we have uh, plenty of today, there can't be a rainbow. And many of us saw a rainbow the other day. And so with the rain comes the potential for a rainbow. Without sundown, we don't have a sunrise. And I thought about that this week as I read another story. I read a story of Noah and reflecting on this, his family on a boat, literally like us, stuck inside those walls. And it's a bit of a laugh, really. And and it's sad and it's intense, but there's some 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 comedy in there, you know, like being stuck. And I don't know if we can say that word. Are we stuck? Kind of stuck, you know, like in the house. But they were stuck in those walls and they were in this boat and they had no way of having outside uh, help. You know, like they definitely had for them much more reason to have fear and dread because they were literally on their own. Like in, in, in man's eyes, they were literally on their own. Um, he's stuck with his family, and there's, there's a sense in the writing of that, there's a sense of dread. The potential for loss was high, and um, no possible outside uh, help. And so in the midst of that storm, they're floating, um, the rain's coming down, they're floating on this boat. This and, and even the idea of the boat is something that had never happened before. Similar to us in this season, the boat that we're on, it's never been done before. It's, it's new. It's a, it's a whole new thing that we're going through and experiencing. Just like, Joan, just like Noah, not Jonah. Noah and his family stuck together on a stinky boat. You can imagine how stinky it was with all those animals. Yeah, stinky as a rotten egg, exactly. And there's this sense, like I was thinking about this. Imagine looking out the window or looking, looking out from the boat that Noah and the family are on. And there's a sense that there must have been this disorientation. When you've been, ever been on a boat and you don't see land or even very little land, there's a sense of disorientation. Like, where am I and where are we going? And you have to put your trust in your tools and implements in that. And that's a scary thing. That's not an easy thing to do. And, and it only comes really from doing it over and over that you get a sense of a trust and your orientation comes back. And so they were there, they're suspended, floating on water. This, this, is, a, a kind of, this is a new thing, obviously, they're not boaty family. Um, yet they're out there. Genesis 7 verse 24 records, 
uh, and says they were on the boat together, nothing to help them uh, along other than their faith and their hope in their God. It was their hope and faith in God that kept them sending out the birds to retrieve a sign that the land was coming. And Genesis 8, 1 records, and God sent a wind to dry out the waters and move them to, to land. It's a beautiful picture of God's rescue plan at work. His desire for us, His desire for us to walk with Him is a continual theme throughout Scripture. It's in Genesis, but we also hear it throughout Scripture. And the psalmist writes um, that He will renew our strength. And uh, I love that. And, and I think, um, you know, he had, had lots of reason for that. And I think of the hope that um, the psalmist had. I think of the hope that Noah had. And I think of the hope that Jesus had. And I think, man, hope is so powerful. As we go through this season and encounter the season of waiting and the disruption and, and even loss, um, we have a choice. We have a choice. We actually have this possible choice today, uh, a choice to wait and put our hope in God. So Isaiah 40, verse 31, is, um, is a portion of Scripture that many of us know, but here it is. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Paul also wrote, he was reminded, reminding the church of this when things were getting tough in Corinth. He reminded them of who God is and the character and nature of God, that he does this rescue thing and he will give you hope. Second Corinthians 1.10, he said, He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that we, that he will deliver us Again, So what he's done, he'll do again. It's not an easy place to be in the waiting. When you're in the middle of a story that's being written, waiting for a prayer to be answered, waiting like the Buffalo Bills fans, waiting for a win in a big game. My, my wife's a Buffalo Bills. She's from Buffalo, so I just had to plug it there. I know you're still waiting for a big win. The same is true for those that were with Jesus several weeks out from Jesus being arrested in the garden. They all looked on to Jerusalem and, and looking on, they were thinking, man, we're with the king and we're going to go in and he's going to set himself up as the ruler, the king. And the disciples, they were discussing in that moment and, and on their journey, who would sit on his right and his left. And actually it was the, the mom of the brothers of Zebedee uh, who stepped out and asked, like a good mom does, right? She stepped out and said uh, to Jesus, who can sit on your left and right? Can my boys do that? And of course, he answered them no in a manner of words. And he had, uh, he's, he's telling them, you know, you have it a bit backward. And he begins to unpack in those verses uh, after that, that his kingdom and his kingship is going to be a little different. See, for hundreds of years, they had been talking about the promised one who would come and save them and do all the things that were promised. Jesus had fulfilled all the prophecies up to this point. And he had raised Lazarus from the dead just weeks before, I believe, days, maybe, no, I think it's weeks before. And so Lazarus is walking with them, the guy that he raised from the dead. And so they're thinking, man, this Jesus who we're walking with has the power to raise the dead. Surely he's going to have power to take out the king. So they're thinking about this and they're, they're plotting ahead. 
They're anticipating and waiting for, God, for Jesus to do what they think He is going to do, and that is to move into power. And so they put their hope in that. A king on earth, they're thinking, has power. A king for us Jews means freedom. A king for us, their hope is in this, that, that the oppression will leave, and their hope was skewed just a little because it was put in their plan. Their hope was in the plan that they had put together in their mind. But Jesus, he was coming to be king, the king above all kings, which meant becoming first a lamb. And so this picture of the lamb from the Old Testament, Jesus is thinking about. And so his anticipation is a little different than those of those around him. He's going to sacrifice and be the sacrifice for all mankind, not just the Jews. The bigger plan he had, the better plan that Jesus was walking out, was very different. And so he finishes this, that thought, after they ask him, Matthew 20, 26, he says, It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That is in John 3, 6, John, sorry, in Matthew. John 3, 16, the one we all know, says very similar. He continues, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him would have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Years of waiting, hoping that the Savior might come to rescue them from oppression from the Greeks had turned their hope into their plan. Hope for a king, which for them, again, would end oppression. Jesus needed to become king in their minds. So they're sitting there, they're anticipating this. But on our lead up to to Easter and our going through these passages, um, I hope that it's revealed to you that Jesus was much, much more than that. But for now... In this season of waiting and this season of something very, very different, we're in this boat. Much like the disciples found themselves, the tension was building all around those disciples. And Jesus, all around Jesus. (laughs) And they were waiting for the moment when he would rally the troops and take the lead. But they were missing it. Missing the point, missing the prophecies about how the Savior would rescue them. But I think the waiting gets to us all. And I'm speaking to myself. The chaos can build tension and make everything harder to deal with and steers us off course to be thinking about the fight ahead as opposed to the peace that we can have right then and there. So imagine, if you would, that peace and calm that came before the storm in the garden when Jesus was praying or right before the rains came for Noah and his family. The disciples discuss in that moment when Jesus is praying and preparing himself, the discussion for the disciples who had their own plan. They're discussing, sharpening their swords, worrying about the fight ahead, and they're preparing for something that's probably not even going to come. And they're worrying. They're thinking, we need to keep this Jesus safe. We need to get him more followers. And in that same room, Jesus, the one who was there at creation, bringing life into existence, Jesus wasn't worried about the fight. He was resting in the peace of that moment. He even told the disciples, 
many, many times leading up to this, uh, that very thing, that they don't need to worry about what's ahead. They need to be in the moment. And so one time with Mary, who broke open uh, a jar full of perfume, and for many of the disciples feeling like she wasted it, uh, was, was uh, anointing Jesus' feet and, and in his hair. And Jesus stopped the disciples and said, you know, Mary's got it right because she was in the moment and she was making the most of having Jesus right there with them for that very time. So Jesus was waiting, but the difference was that he had an assurance of his father, who he was and the plan that he had in place. He had purposed himself to be in the moment with those he loved, to make the most of every moment. So I want to be like Jesus in this season. You know, even though like we're in this room, we're on this boat together, and there's a lot of chaos, there's maybe a lot of things building. Um, I encourage you to do this, to go back to the basics of our faith and do some waiting on the Lord. I think these next few weeks going into Easter, we could focus on waiting on a good report, uh, waiting to hear, hey, they've found a cure, they've found something out, that the bad stuff would go away. I, I would find it easy to, to, to go there. But I, th- I do hope these things happen, but maybe there is a hope in this season that goes beyond what's coming you know, in that way. Maybe in this waiting season, God desires for us to experience His peace, His joy, His love, His grace in a new and deeper way. I want to be a little like Mary in this story that we just shared and focus my hope on Him and be present in the moments that matter. I think there's going to be many this week for you and your family. So Jesus' words ring true. Whosoever would be great among you must be your servant. Thus Easter week approaches and Jesus is about to reveal to everyone who He really is. Who He really is. So Jesus did all this. All this so that we could have a model of waiting, a model of what it means to anticipate and go through a season of waiting. I hope that in this season we can embrace family, embrace moments, <laughs> embrace the moments. 1 Corinthians 1.10, uh, as Paul said, I'd like to, to go there before we close. It says, He has done it before, and we know... He will do it again. He is going to show up. He's going to give us moments of rescue, moments of strength, moments of hope. And He's going to give us moments uh, to be together and love one another and serve one another. So I encourage you, church, uh, take the moments to encourage, take the moments to bless, take the moments to serve one another this week. And, uh, you know, as I think of the story of Noah and his family on the boat, there had to be moments building with tension and, uh, and I think about that assurance that Noah had. And it's because he knew his father. He spent times with God and he had those words from him. And I'm believing uh, and I'm going to pray for the moments ahead this week, that there'll be moments where hope rises in you. So we look ahead uh, to, to the word of God as we spend moments with him, that he fills us with his word. And those words bring us hope, uh, bring us faith. And, uh, and help us to endure uh, through this. And not just endure, but enjoy and have joy in the moments. So, guys, we're going to pray and uh, ask God to help us this week.
with, with this. Uh, he is our hope. Amen. Father God, we thank you that you do this for us. You help us. Um, you, you don't want us to just uh, do this alone, but you desire to walk with us. You desire, desire for us to wait with you. And, uh, and I think of, again, Noah's family out there on that boat floating, and uh, they had enough in that they had your word and they knew who you were and that you, you had the best in mind for them. So, Father, we thank you for that hope. We thank you for that assurance. We thank you, God, as a family to, together today. There are moments that you want to speak to us and bless us and allow us to, to be like you in our waiting, uh, to experience great moments with each other. So I thank you for that, and I pray for that, for the whole family, for the whole church, great moments together where hope is restored and faith is restored. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Have a great, great Sunday together. Be blessed, and have a great time in your home.